Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So today my guest is Vani Balagav. She's a content marketing strategist for B2B companies, and we're going to be talking about her background, content, and much more. So thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you. It's great being here, Tatiana. Let's start with a bit of a background. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how did you get into content marketing? Mm-hmm. So I come from an engineering background, technically, uh, but I started out right after college, not knowing exactly what to do uh, back then in 2013. So um, I was just, you know, good with words. My mom's an English teacher. So good with words. I started out just writing things, simplifying technology, as I would call it, because back then, There was no such term as digital marketing, content marketing, social media marketing. It was all under the umbrella of marketing. So Mm -hmm. I started uh, and I started my journey with a product that was incubated by Ogilvy and Mather. And it was an analytic solution. So I just started with like, you know, uh, just writing certain collaterals for them uh, and eventually getting groomed into the industry by an amazing mentor because uh, he didn't just turn out to be a point of contact for a freelancer here in India. He actually focused on teaching me because he was like, hey, you have a knack with, uh, you know, technology. You understand that you're able to simplify it. I'm going to teach you marketing. So I would say I was getting into the field was sheer luck and experiment because I had three months in hand and I didn't know what to do. So yeah, that's how I entered here. Oh, and I, I love the way that um, because usually, yeah, marketing people are seen as more creative and and like, you know, the engineering technology side of it. I think it's not true, but most people see it as not creative. Um, and and so I, I think if you're into it, you you can see that actually there is a lot of creativity there as well. It's it's just different, but it's a great way of putting it. That you know, effectively, that's what marketing is about. It's about you know making sure that your product, your message, your service is understood. And so, for it to be understood, obviously, the simpler it is, the better. So yeah, simplifying technology is a very good way to put it. Exactly. I feel that also, uh, you know, the forte that you have in marketing and the kind of creativity that's required. For instance, I have been in B2B SaaS for a very, very long time. Uh, But if you simply take me from this one domain to, let's say, direct to consumer brands, I may not be as creative. I'm strategic because I like technology. Uh, But if you put me in a completely different scenario, it's going to be a whole new learning curve for me because that kind of creativity is not there. So I also feel that, you know, the educational backgrounds that each of us come with make you better at one thing there is this one person for instance that I know comes from a psychology background the way she infuses empathy into a piece I haven't learned that in 10 years and she's only been working for you know it's taken me 10 years to get there she can do it just offhand just like that so I feel Mm -hmm. that the creative parameters uh, today are not gauged properly. They should be gauged on multiple parameters instead of just how good you are with vocabulary or how extensive your vocabulary is. Mm. I think that's a very, very good point because very quickly the 
amount of competition, the amount of content that's created, the amount of um, information that people can access, and the fact that if, especially if you're talking about digital products, they're by default, they're global, like mm-hmm. however you cut it. Um, so you are playing in a huge scene. And I mean, people, when people started having, you know, blogs, it was more about um, SEO, I guess. It was like they, they weren't even thinking that much about it's for the end consumer. Um, it, it's more like let's stick it up with, you know, some keywords so that search engines can find us. And, and a lot of people still think that's enough up to date. And what you just said, it's like, no, we don't just need somebody who knows what they're doing, whose job it is dedicated to creating that to creating that content, but you need more than one person depending on what you want to communicate with that content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the funny thing is, I just had a conversation with somebody a couple of days ago, and we were talking about how content marketing or let's say email marketing and SEO are separate things. I mean, I understand the channels are separate and not everybody is great at doing everything. Uh, But if we go back to the core definitions, right? So the conversation that I was having was primarily around, hey, we don't, we just want to create content. We don't want to do SEO. But my whole point was, why are you creating content if uh, you're not focusing even 20% on how it's going to appear on the search engine and vice Mm. versa is true too if um, you're just writing for the search engine then you're not writing for the people so I said it's Mm. when these two things become separate because when I came into the industry and when I was taught this industry the meaning of it meant comprehensively you know kind of create content which serves all purposes now Mm. I think most companies like you said right they just pick up a bunch of topics stuff in the keywords publish and that's how mm-hmm. marketing is mostly tackled these days. And it's pretty sad. And maybe that's one of the reasons why most of the information you find on internet or on social media is actually not accurate. There's so many loopholes to it. It's almost like a cut, copy, paste from mm-hmm. video they heard, maybe something they read. So it's it's not stemming from actual experiences or actual experiments like how we used to that oh hey you know uh, let's put a link in bio or let's not put a link in bio they used to be experiments individual experiments now Mm. they're just oh 10 people said this let me also do it so Mm. i think that has just been sapped out of the entire mix the whole core definition of certain things in marketing are just no longer there or understood Mm. Mm, absolutely and as you said uh, uh, talking about copy paste content especially now with with artificial intelligence this is just so painful the 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 source of a content you see down to i mean you you can recognize it like so easily and i'm like what on earth are you doing like how uh, it can be used as a tool yeah but when when you see that something was literally copy pasted, and as you said, it, it's not even accurate in some cases. So it's not it's it's you know it's so disappointing um, to to see as a user you think so like that company that I'm considering putting my money into they they couldn't be bothered to write something authentic, mm-hmm. and it goes beyond that. It's not even accurate. It, it's just I don't know what people are thinking. <laughs> I, I, it's a LinkedIn post I published just yesterday, by the way, on how volume 
forward quality has become a uh, become the name of the game everybody is talking about publish every day write mm. every day nobody is talking about what are you writing in the end you're just diluting what you're writing mm. yeah let's talk about that some some myths about about content marketing i'm sorry um some, some myths yeah. what are you what are what are the like most common myths that you you find most often um one of the most common myths one that content marketing is just about writing blogs i think um that's a ick now with me right so most of the times when i'm talking to people they're like you know i get started with uh, content marketing and number one thing this is we want to publish 20 blogs this month <laughs> so the conversation straight goes to blogs i mean what happened to strategy what happened to writing your reader personas that part that chunk is just not spoken about <laughs> right so i feel one of the icks and one of the biggest myths that i'm currently struggling with uh, at the agency as well where you know when we're talking on we are on discovery calls with certain prospects and i have to try and explain to them that please don't go by the internet definition of content marketing it's not just blogs um mm. so definitely one of them is this the second one and i think the biggest one uh that kind of consolidates all others is that content marketing works in silos it doesn't your content marketing strategy is supposed to fuel your sales team do they have the collaterals they need to strike conversations with people it's supposed to uh, also fuel your support team or enable the support team if the support team is facing uh you know 10 questions every single month it it is clearly indicative that you need it in your mm. content marketing strategy people just skip that why it's the supporting mm. responsibility it's not it's it's supposed to work together um email is supposed to work alone what are they going to send in the email they are they have to create some amount of content so uh the siloed approach that everybody is right now taking to marketing because um uh, like i said at the start right everything has now broken down into micro parts um you know one person is a copywriter one is an email marketer one is this it's fine but each of them need to speak with each other um mm. it be like hey i just do emails so i'm just going to write those five emails and i honestly don't care what goes in it right so <laughs> that, that can't be the way things works so i feel the siloed approach to marketing or content marketing uh that hey this is supposed to get us results on its own if you're not distributing and that includes your email as a channel it's not going to work if you're not optimizing for search now that's seo it's not going to work uh if you're not pushing your content on social media which is now called social media marketing it's again not going to work where are you going to cater or let's say you know kind of promote your content so i mm. feel uh, the whole siloed approach to creating content or rather let's say you know getting started with content marketing that's another myth that i have been trying to address pretty aggressively whenever we are in conversations that it's not supposed to work in silos it can't drive imagine relying only on the search engine crawlers to come index your site crawl your site and then show it up without you doing mm-hmm. any effort on anything else uh that's going to take ages and people expect that you know okay we got started with content marketing we've written 50 pieces now we don't rank so why are we not ranking uh, mm. so i feel that's that's one myth uh, that consolidates all others now so i've started to call it one <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and uh, it's yeah it's, it's fascinating and i had a conversation recently that was 
uh, with somebody who was in a different area, but the the feedback was very similar that people in companies somehow, because when you spell it out, it actually you're like, yeah, of course, everything works together. So those people need to be talking and, you know, communicating in, in, in a way to, to work in the same direction. Just how else is it going to work? But it's a very, very common problem. It's a very common problem. So yeah, for, for our listeners, I think it's something worth thinking about that you you all of those things have to be consolidated, which is where, you know, I was that was gonna be one of my questions. Like for somebody who hasn't thought about whether they need that at all, like what what is a content marketing strategy and at what point in your business should you be looking at developing that? And also, does it like do you, you know, set it out and okay, that's our strategy or how does it change in time? Um, very good question. And this was one thing that I answered at step conference in Dubai and uh, very similar con- uh, question, right? It was more like, when do we get started with it? When's the right time mm. for it? And that's again, all thanks to, uh, people thinking that content marketing is too slow to work. So I can't choose it. Now I'll give you an instance, uh, two to three of them, very different ones, very different companies. Uh, company stages. One wherein they had the logic of a product, but not the product ready. Uh, But thankfully, the stakeholder came with experience in marketing. So he knew that there was potential to it. So he wanted to get started with content marketing almost seven months prior to when they would even release an MVP. There was nothing Mm -hmm. in hand. It was just a concept. And we were like, we're going to use content marketing, build an organic audience uh, and see what are they interested in the most tailor the MVP according to what we Mm -hmm. are getting traffic on the success of it in three months, they were able to establish so much authority and in a competitive field like email marketing, right? So email marketing, you know, the Clavio, active campaign, MailChimp, you can't beat them. Mm -hmm. You can't beat them, but we practically cracked the same market. We answered the unanswered. We didn't even have a product. We said, okay, fine. Maybe you can use our logic on top of your existing product. So we brought people in as leads. And now when the product is ready, which is one and a half years after, by the way, uh, now the product is ready. So now we tell them, hey, you don't even need to use active campaign. You can use us because people have been already working with us on workflows. So Mm. you can start with content marketing practically at any given time, but you have to be absolutely clear about what are you trying to accomplish through it? Mm. it? It cannot be that, hey, I'm just going to build an audience and I need an X amount of traffic. No, it, mm-hmm. your strategy has to work towards taking that audience or taking that traffic towards the eventual product. And how are you going to use those insights towards your product? Um, mm. The second one, for instance, is a product that was in the market for almost a year and uh, very good reviews from customers. Everything was pretty stable. Now what they wanted to do was increase their share of voice in the market, because if you're not marketing, you're practically non-existent. So if I've told you about the product, you know about it. Otherwise you don't know about it, right? So we entered and we started working with them at that point. And in today's date, uh, apart from the best of reviews that they garnered in the first year, they are also known as the go-to source of information for everything and anything that comes under e-commerce subscriptions, for instance, right? Hmm. So it's, can be at different stages uh, a content marketing strategy can be tailored to your stage uh, but depends on the goals that you align with it and of course how many how much of a resource allocation can you have towards the tactic because mm-hmm. let's be honest 
if fund marketing is not being supported by um let's say zero seo efforts zero email marketing zero social media budgets it will take time it will go from anywhere between 3 to 6 months to go pick up on its own uh mm. but at the same time if you are open to experimenting with formats like for instance a webinar somehow similar to this or a podcast and you're going very strategic with it it scales beautifully and very quickly as well so i would say um the stage at which you get started with a content marketing strategy it can vary but definitely don't get started with content writing uh just because you didn't have the time to think through for a strategy because all of that content is eventually going to get sidelined uh by a marketer when they eventually come in or that mm. content is to dilute your authority because whatever that you're putting on the net it's there unless you delete it and also the age old saying right the internet doesn't forget yeah that still holds true that still holds true. <laughs> i can't be writing about content marketing today and then suddenly become a sales expert no i have 10 years of talking about content marketing now if you mm-hmm. tell me that hey i'm a sales expert people are not foolish your audience knows you never know who's who and who's talking to who so definitely mm-hmm. get started with writing unless you have at least a 40% of what we call a documented content marketing strategy in place mm And how does the process work like when when somebody reaches out to you how does it look uh in a typical scenario we are usually reach out with through people who are experimenting or want to know if there is any potential for using on marketing for to fuel their growth right so in this case what we do is we look into their product we ask them for their direct and indirect competitors um and then we gauge that okay uh, if you're going against direct and we want to use content marketing right what are the supporting channels that we are going to require for distribution what is the amount of competition and we give them a projection of okay this is going to take 3 to 6 months we recommend starting with this part um and sometimes that's just social media by the way it's not even content marketing we say let's get started with social media first gauge the market gauge the topics then move into full fledged content marketing which would be like creating those guides etc because unless you know what cuts your competition you're not going to really you know be able to do things so definitely understanding the product second doing a very thorough competitor analysis direct and indirect indirect is something that i've seen too many people again skip on indirect is when you're actually addressing the same audience but they may not have the same product or the same mm. service So you're not competing on the product, but you're still competing for attention, right? So that's something that most people don't account for. We do. Mm. So this takes up to almost a week or so. If the company has already done some bit of content, some bit of web pages, some bit of online presence, we also try and wrap up an audit in this first week because we need to know what they did right what might cause damage in the long run and we need to get rid of before we start anything else and mm. uh, you know what kind of clear- clarity do we really need and at this stage we are actually talking always to the stakeholders uh we although yes having your point of contact the content marketer that you brought in into the team uh the writer that you brought into the team or the head of marketing that you brought into the team great but also having stakeholder alignment is important because a head of marketing may say hey i want to rank for email marketing software the stakeholder may say hey no we just do email workflows uh so the terminology 
changes. And since content marketing takes three months of building, you can't switch those terms so frequently mm. that the audience doesn't even know. So uh, the initial two weeks typically go into the audit analysis, the SWOT analysis, and stakeholder alignment. Stakeholder alignment includes all department stakeholders, including sales and support. Many a times we get pushback on, hey, we don't have the time. If you could write questions, etc., mm-hmm. we write our questions for them, uh, the sales and support. They don't even answer those. So we give a pushback and say, hey, you know what? We're not going to work on the next steps. So if you really want to work with us, and you know, because eventually they're going to ask you, hey, content is not bringing in sales. That's because you never gave inputs or the support mm-hmm. team. You don't have an ebook on this, but you never said you needed it, right? So mm-hmm. try to get all of that done right in the beginning uh, for absolute alignment. And then we identify which stage of the funnel do we want to start things from. There is too much conversation on the internet around, hey, flip the funnel or use the standard funnel, right? Go from uh, top of the funnel to bottom of the funnel. And now there is this new term, almost like growth hacking, which is flip the funnel. Um, And then they talk about start at the bottom of the funnel. Um, And I'm like, you can't generalize uh, your strategies, you know, for everybody. It's not one size fits all. Again, Mm -hmm. uh, the alignment is what tells you where you need to begin. It could be bottom. Maybe there's nothing for the bottom. So you actually have to start at the top, uh, like the email marketing uh, solution that I talked about. Um, So I think, you know, understanding which stage of the funnel you are at and uh, align it with the current goals for three to six months minimum. Uh, We ask Mm -hmm. for short-term goals. We ask for your uh, mid-term goals, which is six, and then nine and 12. So that it becomes a scalable tactic instead of something which is, let's just do this for three months and then see where we go. So we try and part of the projection that okay let's let's plan out how this is going to look and the best example at this point that we give to anybody that we're working with is the hubspot pillar cluster approach it took three years for them to simply just align their content in such a way that it becomes clear to the audience this is what they do Um, Mm. that's hubspot after it was a success so somebody who's just getting started expecting results immediately like hubspot i'm like Go back, check. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so I think that's that's one of the approach we take towards content marketing. And then, of course, the standard things follow wherein um, there's a keyword research, there's a content marketing calendar, and then it comes down to execution. So which is the writing part, which most commonly is called content marketing. But all the time that's taken before that, uh, that's actually the key marketing strategy part. Mm. So I, I love the fact that you mentioned timing because I think that's something that a lot of people, especially yeah, with with marketing in general, but with content even more so, they they feel like oh, we published that like where what's happening you know where, where are all the people where are all the clients what's happening <laughs> and I, I love the way that uh, sometimes you even have exactly that sometimes you have people giving examples with like huge names, um and and they're like look at you know they they just came out of nowhere and and any any of those cases you actually look you know scroll down to any of their um content types you know you go to their youtube you go to their blog you go to their whatever and you see oftentimes years of content that you only see now like you didn't see it then and i don't think probably not many people saw it then but now it's like overnight success you know (laughs) yeah i think that's why uh 
because the new age marketers i would call them uh, and it's a it's a very this thing in our team itself right so we try and pull the gen z's uh, leg on hey you skipped the part they call us that you guys are working unnecessarily hard we tell them that hey you skip this part so if i cross question you on something as to how did this person become an overnight success you can't answer it for me mm. right so, uh, those kind of things do happen the a lot of these new age marketers are skipping on the competitor analysis if you did that you would know if somebody was an overnight success you would know if they saw a dip in a certain year you would know exactly the framework that worked for them uh, but nobody does that and that's why i think even company stakeholders then just stand on the marketer's head and be like hey we wrote uh, we published that page 5 days ago there's no traffic on it uh, why is it not crawled why is it not ranking for a certain thing i mean we have one of those instances wherein uh, we made the blogs rank pretty quickly for a certain topic and they're like but we want the web page to rank and the web page is nearly 300 words on the internet where you're competing with so much of uh, <laughs> volume uh we made the blog the content related to the page rank uh, it's relevant give it some breathing room i mean uh, you can't expect thousands of people coming on to it and mm. but that's how much we can explain it's, it's usually just a lost cause yeah that's that's a wow well, i guess that's a, oftentimes a problem yeah when i mean the the education part of like you you have to educate people that's a funny thing because i have that when when i was doing i had a software company and we were building software um and websites and i oftentimes give it as an example but i see it across industry all the time where people come to you and they pay you for something that you're good at they've chosen you to do it and then they start trying to tell you how to do it it's and then at some point like if you give up actually say, okay i'm just going to do it the way you said then they'll be ha ha it's not working <laughs> it's um, yeah it's in the sex up to give it to people because many a times we get reached out and they're like hey we need to fix this and i think you can and the moment we start working on it and the needle moves in a positive way then come the inputs and the feedback and the opinions and then the entire strategy derails and that's why i say document it because uh 3 months down the line they will tell you hey you did this and they will entirely forget that they were the ones who asked for it so now whenever that there is a pivot in the current marketing strategy i document the date the person who requested it notes and what exactly that person said over bottom right there because um uh, as marketers we need to trace back as to why a pivot happened and you can't mm. i mean i can't explain it if you're not listening and you really want me to do an end to end kind of thing okay but that's your call this <laughs> is recorded mm, absolutely <laughs> yeah that's a that's a good way to to handle it so i, I guess as a message out there people like when you pay somebody just you know to do a good job leave them do their job because that's what you're paying for <laughs> cool um last last question um because uh, yeah I, i don't want to hold you up for much longer but i do want to ask you about uh naming and domain since you know we focus on on that and smart branding does it affect how does it play into the whole content strategy um mix where where do you see it and how important is it again uh coming back to what goals you've set 
um, that impacts how you pick your domain as well. I'll give you an instance. For for example, my company's name is Condensify, right? It's a brand name. Uh, so the a domain name also has to be extremely clear. Although there are now companies that have named, uh, taken up domains with say content marketing agency, and I'm sure you must have seen plenty of them, right? Mm-hmm. And then the name is entirely different, but the domain is entirely different. I mean, I get it. It's a good SEO hack, but it's not uh, going to you know, add up in the long run because you've technically diluted your brand. Similarly, my name, mm. uh, I knew that I can call myself a B2B marketer in the domain, but I need people to know me by my name. Otherwise, uh, if you type in B2B marketer, there are practically thousands of people that come up. It, there's a very high chance I'm not going to show up there. Again, mm. right. I pick my name. So I feel the domain that you do pick up has to be something that you visualize in the long term, adding up towards your business goals and objectives. It cannot be something today and then something else tomorrow because a redirect sounds very easy to do otherwise. But the audience that you build on that domain and the domain age, right, will lose it all when you start with the redirect. Uh, I feel that there are too many people who are like, hey, it's fine, we'll just pick a domain. And then we'll pivot eventually if it doesn't work in our favor. No, give it more thought, right? Give it more thought, even if it takes more time. If you're establishing a brand and there are going to be services, let's say, or products under it, go with a brand name. Be absolutely crystal clear about, you know, what the brand is called. You don't want to mix it up with other terms because people can confuse. And what if you pivot? If I called Contensify, Contensify Content Marketing, and then eventually Mm -hmm. I into becoming an advertising agency, I have practically left no room in my domain. I've messed up Mm. right there. So I'm going to have to change it all over again or create another one. So uh, definitely depending on where you see yourself going and what your domain name is supposed to help you achieve. Uh, Picking Mm. up domain name is important. Don't skip on research there. Uh, Don't just pick a random uh, phrase that sounds good right now but you've not checked trends on, you've not checked patterns on how, you know, that phrase has been evolving over the years. Uh, because in, you know, as as you start executing, it may narrow down your audience, it may broaden your audience, or it may absolutely kill your audience, right? So you have to have to pay attention to the domain name. Yeah, that's what I would say. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think um, like oftentimes when I talk to people, they're like, should I do this? Should I do that? And we come to, uh, what you were saying at the beginning about content and strategy, it's like there's no one thing that's, you know, good for everybody else. And you don't do that with so many things. And, and then people try to do that with business. It's like, no, there's, it really depends. And I think the best advice there would be that to just take it seriously, take the time to think about it and think about where you're going next. And that would help define both your domain and your content strategy. Exactly. Yes. Great. Well, that's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for, for being a guest. Uh, we'll include all the ways people can reach you in the write-up for the podcast. Uh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. It was lovely talking to you as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.